Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. My name is Nate, and right across from me is the guy that's always a second late, Charlie Thompson. I saw him open his mouth, so I started talking immediately at that time. What's up, Charlie? How's it I, going? You just love that opening, man. I had to do it. I had to do it. I want everyone to hear me first because, you know... My voice is just better than yours, and what are you going to do? Well, you, you know, know, it's just better. According to some friends, this yeah. is your podcast. It, it, so we've heard that. We've heard that this I is am my podcast. happy to be a guest on this every day. And I'm glad it's... you keep showing up to <laughs> your own office yeah. to do this. Well, today's a Rebound Tuesday, in case you haven't heard. Stock market soaring! Just 1,000 points. We lost 3,000 <laughs> yesterday, but yeah. soaring today. Soaring! If you look at the news... The Third f- biggest point gain ever. The... the <laughs> The Fed is just pumping in all those dollars, and uh, you know, kind of like, kind of like when you get that rebound girlfriend. It's the same type of thing. You not just as a, good as if it were. Yeah, like a, not as yeah. good, and you don't hold on to it for very long. Yeah, there you go. It's just not real. You're, yeah, you're looking for those new highs. There's no foundation behind it whatsoever. It, it really is. That's a good analogy. It's it the same thing. Great analogy. Same or thing. Or rebound uh, boyfriend. I'm sorry, ladies. I didn't mean to just whichever one X you out there. It's fine nowadays. Or you know, if you're, it could be a rebound girlfriend still. If you're a girl, it doesn't matter now these days. I, I saw today in an article. God. Well, I'm just, look, I'm trying to be politically correct here, even though I don't believe in that. How does your camera look so much better than mine? I'm just saying, well, see, you get the opening, I get the looks. What is, how does that work? What's going on right there? I'm just saying, I saw an article today, they have extended the acronym to LGBTQIA+, and I just wanted to make sure that I was politically correct in announcing all of the genders, even though genders don't exist. I I just wanted to make sure that... I draw the line at five letters. Yeah. I'm not saying any more than that. <laughs> just, they pushed me on the whole Q thing and that I'm stopping now. I'm sorry. I love everybody. Okay. Just, but there comes a point when you just say the alphabet people, which you, is a lot of, which is what a lot of people say. Could you imagine if they just put the whole alphabet there? The whole they alphabet. came up with an acronym for everything. There's going to be them. a letter for every single group of people except for S. Yeah. And that's the only one that they're going to want to put in there. Okay. But at some point in time, don't we just say we're all people? We're all humans. Why don't we just take care of everyone's rights? Like, it's just, it's crazy to me. And there's no, I already forgot the letters that you said. I'm not going past Q. I don't have that much time. I, I just don't. Well, honestly, as you mentioned, I mean, we're all human beings and rights matter at an individual level. Yeah. I don't care how you identify. And we've got all kinds of stuff to talk about. Uh, brief, I just briefly wanted to mention the the stock market and a couple things, which, by the way, Nate talked about how good my camera looks, which you can find that out. You can go see how good I look on camera if you would like. I'm wearing a cowboy shirt today because, you know, NFL's not canceled yet. Yeah. Uh, they're talking about it, I think, but it's oh, not. God. It's not canceled yet. I'm serious. We were talking and in the pre-show, but I, I, I give up if they cancel NFL. I'm then you done. know it's real. Then I'm buying toilet paper. <laughs> okay, I've been holding off so I've, far, but I'll, I'll go buy toilet paper if they yeah. cancel NFL for if, sure. If you want to see the show live, if you want to view the cameras and uh, watch us talking to a microphone, because it's good fun. Ask people that do it. It's a lot of good fun. <laughs> we, you can do that by going to Patreon.com/slash Good Morning Liberty. I wanted to mention that at the front of the show so you guys can get on that for as little as $5 a month. I mean, what is that? What is $5 a month? Cup of coffee. Is that, that's like 15 cents a day. Yeah. That's it. You drop that in between your seat and your middle console 
every day. I All mean, the that's time. the abyss, by the way. It just, I lose it, everything fits down there. So much stuff down there. You would think not many things would fit between those two. Everything fits yes. between your seat and the center console. I lost a whole yeah. gun down there one time. I've done it too. It's yeah. still down there. Can't find the freaking <laughs> I can't, thing. Can't find it. Yeah. I don't know where it went. So patreon.com slash good morning liberty. Give us $5 a month and then you get all of the live stuff for free. As long as you exactly. give us $5 a month. You and that's pay us how money that works. for free. Yeah, that's exactly how We're it works. We're giving out free hand sanitizer, by the way, if anyone signs up on <laughs> Patreon. Go ahead and sign up and that's one of the free things that you get if you pay us money. But it is at the $500 subscription level. Yes. You get a bottle of hand sanitizer every six Which months. Which is a steal. That's a good deal. It's a good deal. Market price. We okay. talked about it yesterday. Yeah. These guys had 19,000 bottles. 19,000 bottles of sanitizer (laughs) on the wall. Now he's got way less. Yeah. We bought it all. He gave, yeah, <laughs> he gave all of them to uh, all of them away to a church that we had created uh, to go pick it all up from him. And now we've got all the hand sanitizer, and we're giving it away on Patreon. We just added another Patreon, another patron today who can watch live at that five dollar level live link right now. We can chat back and forth if you click on the YouTube link and come chat with us on YouTube because it's set up better than Patreon's website. Sorry, Patreon, but we go to YouTube, we chat back and forth. So go check it out, patreon.com slash Liberty. We've got a lot to talk about today. You know, we're going to, the whole COVID-19 coronavirus thing, that's all been, that's all been stamped out, I think. It's yeah. been talked about, I, I think, if we keep talking about it, we're just going to manifest the virus. Like we're going to create our own virus inside because you're talking about it so much. And then, you know, you just create one for yourself yeah. and then it's all its of own a sudden, virus. Yeah. So we decided well, the quick news on that is not much has changed, especially in the United States. I looked at the numbers today. Um, there are like another thousand cases in the United States, but the death toll 97. We're still at like 1.7%. We're one of the lowest numbers out there already. And so... It's really, it could go up in the next couple of weeks. That's what they're saying. I guess we'll find out because Italy, Italy's now up to 31,000 cases, by the way. Good Lord. Yeah. 2,500 deaths. They should Italy. have put up a no smoking sign a yeah. while back. Yeah. They'd be in a lot better shape. I saw, by the way, a, a, a um, well, it was a report written up and uh, I don't really know who wrote it. It's no offense to the person who wrote it, but it said something about uh, the governor in Illinois needing to cancel all mortgage payments and any basically anything to make sure that no one had to pay for anything while this was going on. And the reasoning was that 95 people were already sick. 95 people yeah. were, were sick. So nobody pays for anything. So don't pay for anything. No. Because 95 people are sick. That's just how overblown this all feels. Like I saw it and I was thinking about it and then it said 95 people were sick and I was like, good Lord, how many other people are already sick with something else? If I had a disease, if I was really sick pre-coronavirus, you gotta feel discriminated against very strongly right now. Because you're like, dude, I've been sick this whole time, struggling, trying to go to work, trying to make ends meet. I got a virus or I got some kind of disease and all of a sudden all these people come down with the flu and we're stopping traffic for everyone. Like, good Lord, that's, I've been sick for a while. That's sickness discrimination. And it, I'm it against is. that. I'm against any form of sickness dis- discrimination. I'm against discrimination and I'm against sickness. So there by default, I'm against sickness discrimination. And you we should stop that. Equal sickness rights is yep. what we exactly. protect. Now we need to name out by letter every disease and what letter they all start with. 
that way we can make sure we're protecting specific people. That's right. That have all of those different diseases and viruses. So, so we'll if, have to come up with that acronym pretty soon for you guys. If you're with us, everybody should stand with us. The liberty-minded position here is we are against sickness discrimination. Yeah. yeah. Now, I mentioned yesterday on the show, if you guys didn't hear it, go back and listen and take the 207 episode challenge now. I think Someone's where doing we're that right now, by the way. They tweeted us last night on episode 21 right now. Nice. Where they are. They're all the way back to when this used to be called something else. What? It used to be called the Big Freedom Show. That's right. And I did every intro. You did. You did. <laughs> and that's then. why it failed and we decided to come back later. <laughs> yeah. So you see this comes full circle here. But yeah, there is so, someone taken the 207 episode challenge or we, whatever it is right now. We need to create that plaque then. <laughs> yeah, we need to send this person that, a certificate for sure. we said if you did it, you would get a certificate. I'll, so Honestly, if he makes it all the way to episode one, I'll send him a t-shirt, something like that. Yeah. I'll, I'll well, something. we got a printer here. We can print out a certificate. Yeah. Too, I'll print out a nice. picture of a t-shirt that he could buy from our website <laughs> for 20% off using the promo code podcast. But anyway, I go there. I mentioned today or yesterday that while all this is going on, and I mean, it's important for you guys to, to be informed and talk about these things, but everyone is talking about the coronavirus in the stock market. Everyone, because that's dominating the news. No one else is talking about anything else. And all the while, your government is working on a few things. Now, again, we're not a conspiracy podcast here, but the ultimate thing you should do is just pay attention. Pay attention to how these things work. Pay attention to where everybody's attention is and then pay attention to what the government is still doing behind closed doors, essentially, because this news that we're going to talk about today is buried deep down. Yeah. Never be never to be brought up again. Yeah. You know, like, when did that pass? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I was sick. Well, so we're going to talk about FISA today and we're also going to talk about the Earn It Act, which I mentioned yesterday. Now, FISA, as you know, was first passed. Uh, under the the Patriot Act, it was created. FISA was formed, and this was after the 9-11 hysteria. And so that was what dominated the news. And the government behind closed doors were like, let's just violate the Fourth Amendment. Well, and everyone was behind it because if we only had FISA, then we would have been able to stop these people. That's, That's what it is. If we would have only had the Patriot Act, then we would have been able to stop these people. And I don't know whether or not that is true. I highly doubt that it's true. I think that's an easy way to do it. And you were saying, you know, alarm. You were saying that we were not a conspiracy podcast and we're not. It's not as if the government constructed this coronavirus thing so they could pass a new FISA extension. It's just that they take opportunities like this where no one's paying attention and they decide that they can ram through things while no one's paying attention to what the government's doing. I've always said, like, we'll be focused on whatever, climate change, on on the stock market, whatever, while someone's shoveling money out the back door of the Capitol, out the back door of the Fed, into their trunk, and no one's paying attention. They're paying attention to something else. It's and bit, so people will take that opportunity to do things that people might not like. It's a Houdini tactic. It's a Houdini. Watch what I'm doing in my right hand. What's in my left hand? Can't uh, say it's not on camera. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because you're watching, cause <laughs> Cause you're you're watching, watching this, this hand. Yeah, exactly. Look at it. Look at these spirit fingers. If you guys want to show look up look at the magic. live to the podcast and watch it from our office, that is at the $200 a month subscription level. If you want to come in so you can see what is in Charlie's left hand right then. There's yeah. a chair right here. You can sit next to me. That's fine. So we got some good words from Thomas Massey. You know, I love, I love old Thomas Massey. He's good. The other thing, well, hang on. I want to do something else at the beginning here. Can, can you just hear me out for a second? I'm, I'm, I'm busy. I know that you run the show, but I'm, I'm just going to interject myself here. And I'm going to say the so other Thomas thing. Thomas Massey was out there 
talking about FISA, and uh, he once again had a great speech on the House floor. What do you say? I was just going to let it go. <laughs> just going to let it go. No, the the other quick news I want to mention, the Dow, as I mentioned, rebounded today, a 1,000 points. It's up about 5%. It'll probably close where it opened there, about 5%. And today, we're up over 12% in our account. So yeah. it doesn't matter what the market does. If it's down or up, we're up higher. Yeah. And so we're, we're up more. So so that's a good opportunity to learn about the class that we are offering. It's still a seven day free trial. That's until the end of the month. Three thirty one. So you have two weeks to get in to get that seven day free trial. And that's at mastermytrades.com. Learn everything that we're doing. And you can see the strategies. You can see you can learn the very basics. If you yeah. know nothing about trading, if you're like why is my 401? Why did it lose $10,000? Yeah. Well, you can find out. You can read charts, understand what charts mean. You can learn about all the the volume and, and the candlesticks and all this jujitsu. Ju, that's not what it Ju, is. Jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All those candles, the Japanese candles. Yes. That are lit on fire. <laughs> They're crazy. They're crazy. But, no, you can learn about the charts. You can, you can learn. There's so much stuff to learn. We're literally doing... It's like nine or 10 weeks and yeah. we just started. We're on week two and, and it's it on demand. So it's, it's not on demand, if, right? It doesn't yeah. matter what time you get in, but I'm saying you, there were just still another eight weeks of full course material. And there right now there's weekly live Q and A's. So you want to get in soon so that you don't have to watch the Q and A's in past tense. Yeah. You, you want to be there own to questions. ask questions. Yeah. So mastermytrades.com, go get it done now on to what's happening okay. while all of this hysteria is in your face. What are they doing, Nate? What's what's what does FISA even mean? Well, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you what Massey has to say. Actually, I'm gonna have Thomas Massey tell you about this so we can hear about it. Now, yesterday they did approve a 77 day a 77 day extension so far of the good old Pfizer rules that we have right now. We're going to listen to what old Thomas Massey has to say. Great, great representative from Kentucky. Against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue, but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the person, persons or things to be seized. And the Fifth Amendment says, nor shall any person be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. So let's think about some of these words because they're being treated as if they're curse words or dirty words today. Warrant, due process, probable cause. These are all things that are guaranteed as rights for all Americans in the Constitution. And none of those can be guaranteed without transparency. We can't have star chambers and kangaroo courts. This has to happen in daylight and it has to be reviewable by the people in order to know that these things are true. So these things, they're inconvenient. A warrant, due process, probable cause. They're inconvenient for investigators. They're inconvenient for prosecutors. They sometimes get in the way. They make the job a little bit harder of finding the criminals, of finding the terrorists, but they're guaranteed rights of all Americans. So we have to keep them in the process. But let me talk about the legislative process here today. And I wanna challenge the authors of this bill to come down here and defend what they have done. This bill started out in a committee. 
This is how it's supposed to happen. And the base bill, and then as the debate started getting underway, oh, it got inconvenient. Things were said that people didn't want to be said. Amendments were offered to make it more constitutional. They didn't like that. What did they do? The chairman of the committee pulled the bill, canceled the hearing, canceled the markup of this bill, and they took it behind closed doors. They took it into the back room to write it. They took it into the back room to draft it. Why did they go into the back room? Because the lobbyists aren't in the committee. The deep state doesn't get a vote on the committee. So they got them in the back room with them. The lobbyists in the deep state help draft this bill that we're gonna vote on today. And how much time do we have to review it? Less than 24 hours. Last night is when they made the text available. There's a rule in this house that guarantees 72 hours to review a bill. They're gonna suspend that rule here in a few minutes. And people will willingly vote to suspend that rule so they can ram this bill through so that they can reauthorize the unconstitutional provisions of the Patriot Act. Now I understand terrorists, foreign terrorists, don't have constitutional rights. So that's why the Patriot Act and the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act were passed, so that those, those impediments wouldn't be in the way when you're going after terrorists, foreign terrorists. But everybody's presumed innocent until proven guilty. So we need to maintain that. And you know, one of the worst things that's happened as a result of the FISA and the Patriot Act is that a presidential candidate was spied on. He's now the president. He's now the president. He overcame that. But this bill should fix that. Never again should a candidate, presidential, congressional, city councilman, never again should they be spied on using these tools that are supposed to go after terrorists, after foreigners. So I urge my colleagues in the House, well, the ones who've authored this bill, I urge them to get down here and defend what they've done. I urge them to come down here and explain why they don't want us to have, they don't want you to have 72 hours to look at this bill. Come down and defend that. And then for all of my other colleagues here in the House, I urge you to vote no. And for my friends in the Senate, vote no as well. And if this should make it to the president's desk, which I fear it's going to, I fear it's going to be on his desk, and he has some unwise or insincere counselors right now. I urge the president, if this should make it to his desk, to remember what they did to him with this legislation. Remember, and I urge him to veto this bill if it should get there this week. Thank All right. He's always good at that kind of stuff. I love it when he goes on a rant like that. Man, that, that's good. That sounded good. When he says, I urge let's them just, to get down here and defend what they've done. Let's let him just do the whole podcast. Let's let him do it. Let's play some more <laughs> Thomas Massey stuff. Let me find it. No, it's good. So there's a few parts to this. There's a few parts. Now we've got the FISA we're going to talk about. We've also got the Earn It Act that we're going to talk about, which is another pretty egregious idea where the government for a while has been talking about getting rid of end-to-end -end encryption. They don't like it. You know that part when they can't look inside a, an Apple device or they can't look at someone's phone, something like that. They can't get in your emails because it's sent through whatever. They can't read what's on, what's on Slack or whatever like that. Like There's all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of message boards where, where it's end-to-end -end and it's private information and only the receivers of the message 
can read it or the sender of the message. Sometimes it even can disappear or whatever from in a certain amount of time. People use this all the time. The government doesn't like that. They want to be able to get into those conversations. And of course, they're going to use some type of highly emotional talking point to get you to agree that it's a terrible thing for us to have end-to-end encryption. Because, of course, what is it that they're using right now? Um, people, children? Uh, is it the sex slave trade? Or is it uh, something like that? It's, it's, you know, they're using something pretty terrible like that. Yeah. So, of course, we'll talk about that. And then, well, you can't be for end-to-end encryption unless you're for the child sex slave trade. That's, that's how they paint it. And they that's make the how emotion, it's painted. They now. make the emotional argument. And now, how are you gonna stand? How are you gonna stick up for end-to-end encryption without being someone who also supports sex traffickers or whatever it is, child pornography or whatever it is? Now you can't be for end-to-end encryption anymore. The problem is what we'll read here in a minute is that they're actually opening this up in the Earn It app for companies to be liable, not just for civil suits, which I'm, I'm fine with the civil suit part. Anyone can really do some kind of civil suit and the court can decide on all kinds of stuff. The problem is they're not only making it liable for a civil case, say against Facebook, if, uh, if something bad happened as a result of some kind of message that was encrypted and no one could look at on Facebook or some kind of terrible messaging going back and forth on some kind of platform, not only would they be liable for some type of a civil suit, but they could be liable criminally if something like that happens. Now, I quickly equated this to saying that gun manufacturers should be liable for people who get killed by guns, right? Is that their fault that people who are using their product use it to do really bad things? Should they be liable? Now, civilly, I don't I get you can bring up a lawsuit against Smith and Wesson, I guess, if you want to. I don't know if that's going to hold up. But should they be liable criminally for what other people choose to do with their product? Should they be liable criminally? What do you think, Charlie? No. No. Are you working? No, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm I've got more stuff on this FISA. On FISA? Yeah. yeah. Most of our stuff on here is on the Earn It Act, I believe. We've got a whole bunch of good points, a list of ten points for why the FISA, Earn It, all that, you really don't want to have the government taking care of your privacy for you. Like you don't want to leave them to be the people who are the gatekeepers of your privacy. that You don't want them to be the gatekeepers of anything, really, because they do a terrible job at everything. You start leaving the government as the gatekeeper for privacy, and all of a sudden your privacy is, is gone at that point. They're the government. They're, they're going to mess things up a lot. And when they do mess things up, they won't be liable for anything because the government's never liable for anything. But if something happens, let's say your privacy is stolen because you had a, a Capital One credit card or something like that, well, they could end up being liable for all of that information getting out there. You leave the government as the last person who holds the privacy to everything, well, they're not going to be liable for anything. The government never, never is liable for anything bad that happens. Even if they lie to you. Control. Even if they lied, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Which I will, which I harp on all the time. The fact that James Clapper, the director of the NSA lied to Congress, which many people have gone to prison over, by the way. Yeah. Many people, even Martha Stewart. Yeah. Even she went to prison for For lying, lying. for lying. Yeah. That was it. You think she went for insider trading, but it was actually because uh, she got caught in perjury. 
Yeah. And that's that's what it that was. Right? It. That's that was the actual crime, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna read the a recent article since we just got done with Thomas Massey. I'm gonna read a recent article that happened because the the House sent this on to the Senate and the Senate on Monday, so this happened yesterday, they approved a seventy day seven day extension of the several major surveillance power powers under the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, the FISA Act, that expired Sunday night. A temporary compromise reaches some Republicans and Democrats say they will soon push to amend the law to curb the government's monitoring capabilities. So Senator Lee, uh, Ron Wyden, who sits on the Senate Intelligence Committee, uh, and Rand Paul all introduced amendments. They tried to debate this thing. It was pulled from debate. Mitch McConnell supports it, obviously. They just want the government involved in every single part of your life. So now the legislation goes back to the House to sync up, which affords lawmakers more time to pass a bill to respond to the coronavirus pandemic. President Trump, whose former campaign advisor Carter Page was extensively monitored under FISA based on information that has since been proven legally inadequate and in some cases fraudulent, has floated the possibility of vetoing a FISA reauthorization should it come to his desk. So it hasn't come to their desk. Somehow they were just able to approve a 77 day extension. Yeah. That was it. Why don't they just keep doing extensions? Yeah, we'll just extend it. Yeah. So Senator Ron Wyden, a Democrat from Oregon who serves on the Senate Intelligence Committee on Monday, urged an amendment that would prohibit the warrantless collection of web browsing and Internet search history. So that tells you right there they've been they've been collecting your web browsing and Internet search history. Oh, yeah. For what purpose? As well as amended establishing independent oversight of the FISA process. That's what we need. Independent oversight. Yeah. Yeah, No, we just need it gone. Under this agreement, the Senate will have an opportunity to debate whether the government can conduct digital tracking of Americans without a warrant. The answer should be default. No, you can't blanket surveil people without a warrant. It's in the Constitution. Exactly. Everyone who was concerned about the government collecting their library library records or seeing who you called should be terrified what the government can grab your Internet browsing history without a warrant. That's wrong. And my amendment prohibits that practice. And I strongly support my colleagues amendment to add independent oversight of FISA, which has bipartisan support for many years and will finally be considered. So prior to that Monday vote, though, Trump did tweet out on March 12th and said, many Republican senators want me to veto the FISA FISA bill until we find out what led to and happened with the illegal attempted coup of the duly elected president of the United States and others. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you know, it's a confusing part because you always conservatives love the Patriot Act. Like, the, I mean, this is a conservative act. Uh, most of this, was it the earn it or was it this that's been talked about a lot by Lindsey Graham? It might have been the earn it act that, that uh, he was bringing up. But Lindsey Graham loves getting in your business. He wants the government to to have its eyes on every single thing. He's, you got to have Big Brother watching everything all the time. Big Lindsey Graham brother watching you all the time. They love it. And conservatives love this. But then you also have the look at the this entire Russia gate fiasco. The whole thing, the whole thing based on a FISA warrant to tap Trump or to tap his, you know, people in his campaign so they could spy on his campaign while there was a friend of the Democrat Party, a Hillary Clinton running for president. There was a Democrat person in the office in Barack Obama. And then you also had Trump running for election and what do you know the fisa court the government somehow approves a wiretap of his campaign during that time based on as you guys have heard 
Sean Hannity say a bunch of times, a phony dossier, you know, brought forward by, you know, all these people looking to take down Trump. So why are Republicans still on board with this? The problem is it's going to be used for bad things. It's always used for bad things. That, that's the problem. They'll use the good things, the couple good things they could do with it, although they struggle to find any examples of how this has helped whatsoever. What have they stopped with this? What have they done with it versus the bad things they've done with it? If you think that Trump has been a good thing for the U.S., if you're a Republican and, or maybe you're even a libertarian and you still think that Trump is the most libertarian president that, that we've had, uh, unfortunately... Well, look at the bad that could have happened from this whole wiretap going through and that potentially costing him the election based on false information and this entire Russia thing going through purely because we had the FISA court and we had a Democrat in power of the government that was approving the whole warrant. Like, how do you not recognize this? That's the problem I have. You're just like, oh, it's safe now because our guy's in office. We love it now. Now it's okay. Maybe we can spy on Bernie Sanders. You know, maybe we can do something like that. You love it now. But then if Trump loses or he wins re-election, then there's, you know, we go through a change up and there's a Democrat president again. Well then, ooh, they're gonna be they're gonna be doing warrants, you know, doing wiretaps on whoever the next person is that's running, and then all of a sudden you won't like the FISA court anymore. They probably already are. I'm sure. Trump, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. They're, who knows what they're using to spy on people right now? Maybe they are spying I, on Biden or something like that. Who knows? I think Thomas Massey said an important thing. It's like, look, terrorists are not American citizens. Yeah. Like, we don't need to be collecting all of America's records, which thus makes it harder anyway. Rand Paul came out and said that his uh, amendment would protect, uh, will keep America safe. And what he goes on to say in here is that we should want our counterintelligence efforts, which I believe fight terrorism much more effectively than endless nation building to be as strong as possible. But we do not bolster those programs when we allow for the possibility of sweeping up innocent Americans records. Instead, we leave room for once again, wasting vital resources that should be focused on actual threats overseas. My amendment ensures government properly directs its FISA powers. Yes, in America, we're supposed to do things differently. Now, imagine this. What hmm. a great senator. We were founded on the principle of innocent until proven guilty, which is an entirely different universe than if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to fear. That's completely different. Due process of our citizens is a foundational to that system, and I firmly believe the founders would as adamantly defend your right to be secure in your phone, text, and email conversations under the Fourth Amendment as they would your right to use those same tools under the First the founders knew times and technology change. Their ranks included inventors on the cutting edge of such progress. So they crafted a system built on timeless principles. This is why it's so important to have timeless principles. It all boils back down to, do you own yourself? Yeah. And if you own yourself, does anybody have a right to just go through yourself? And in whatever means necessary you use to, um, to create your reality, do they have any right to go through it Unless you're suspected of committing a crime. Well, there's a completely un, uh, you know, unprincipled stance that people are taking here because on one, on one hand, they could say, well, the Fourth Amendment doesn't apply to emails and text messages and your websites and stuff like that. But the Second Amendment applies to every... Oh, they weren't just talking about muskets. They weren't talking about hunting. No, they're, of course they're talking about AR-15s and things that didn't exist at that time, right? Which that's right. They were saying that you have the right 
to defend yourself, you have the right to bear arms. When they say that you have the right to privacy for the government to not go through your stuff, they weren't just talking about handwritten, notarized letters. That's not what they were talking about. They were saying that human beings have the right to privacy. And if the government's going to look into that, then they've got to have some kind of warrant. And one thing that Rand Paul's always made the case on, right now we're collecting so much information that we can't possibly go through it and discern anything. So what he's saying is this, this needs to be more specifically targeted because the government can't just simply collect everything and then filter through all of it. What they need to do is have a more targeted approach so they can actually look at the people who need looked at and get a warrant on those people and actually look into those people instead of looking into everyone and trying to see if something pops up. It would be a much more efficient approach if you actually have probable cause and a warrant for someone. It's just... This stuff doesn't work, and it especially doesn't work if you're someone who talks about the freaking Constitution all the time. It definitely doesn't work then, because you're picking and choosing. You're cherry-picking what you care about in the Constitution. And when you do that, when you decide that you get to draw an arbitrary line on what the Constitution means and what it doesn't mean, you leave it open for other people to do it with all the other amendments, too. And you can't complain when you sit here and say... Republicans, who I'm talking to, you can't complain no matter what emotional argument you're making. You can't complain when people are taking away some kind of Second Amendment right or they're taking away some kind of some kind of First Amendment right or they're making you quarter soldiers or something like that. And all of a sudden, oh, it's totally fine if they're taking away your Fourth Amendment right. You draw a line, you draw an arbitrary line where people get to decide from year to year what parts of the Constitution matter and what parts don't, and different people are going to move that line around all over. This is a principled stance where, yes, we can use an emotional topic like safety and security or child safety, all this kind of stuff. We can use an emotional talking point just like you can use an emotional talking point with school shootings and with mass shootings, stuff like that when it comes to the Second Amendment. What's more emotional than that? But when you look at the emotional arguments when it comes to the Second Amendment, you say, I don't care. I've got a Second Amendment right to have the right to bear arms. But then somehow when we look at privacy, you say, oh, screw the Constitution. Who cares? we got to have safety. That part's not important. That part's not important because I don't have anything to hide. That part's not important is yeah. the words that I meant to say just then. It's not important <laughs> because I don't have anything to hide. But I've got guns, so I need to protect those. It's, it's completely hypocritical. So a couple months ago, December of 2019, the inspector general went through the FISA applications and re produced a report. And the report identified, uh, this is again from Rand Paul's article here, uh, identified multiple instances in which factual assertions relied upon in the first FISA application were inaccurate, incomplete, or unsupported by appropriate documentation based upon the information the FBI had in its possession at the time the application was filed. Mm. They had the information and they chose to supply information that was inaccurate, incomplete or unsupported Imagine just to that. get the warrant. Imagine that because they just wanted the rubber stamp. And as I mentioned, I think it's something like 95 to 97% of FISA applications get approved. It's just a big giant rubber stamp. It, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, the inspector general's office identified at least 17 significant errors or omissions in the initial application of the following three renewal applications on, uh, to spy on page. And I'm not sure. Carter who, page. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then he says no secret unaccountable court should be allowed to authorize spying on an American citizen again. And my amendment to the house pass FISA bill will help guarantee it doesn't happen. My amendment stops government from surveilling an American citizen unless it gets a warrant from a normal court established under Article 3 of the Constitution. Imagine that. Huh. 
It would also force government to abide by the Fourth Amendment and respect due process by forbidding it from using information collected under FISA against the American citizen. So he's not saying get rid of FISA. We should fight terrorism and all that, but we should amend this to where you're not allowed to use any of that. That information cannot be admissible into court because you got it without due mm. process of law. I don't care if the guy's a criminal. Like you shouldn't have it to begin with. Now, look, people are going to go on to say, be like, well, if we stop a few bad guys, well, isn't it worth it? Well, no, the ends don't justify the means here. It's not worth it because the means prevents you from being all that you could be. Privacy is integral to your growth as a person. Like Jordan Peterson said it best in his interview with Kathy Newman, like to be able to think you have to risk being offensive. Yeah. You have to risk saying things to people in conversations that could be taken as criminals towards the government. You know, I have to be able to text Nate something like, I can't even say it on air right now. Because <laughs> they're listening. Because they're listening. <laughs> I should be able to Google search how to make something for my own information, even if I was never going to use it what, what would for you an write? actual what crime. Google? What do you want to Google how to make? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying I should be able to. But uh, I can't. Yeah. I can't right now for fear that they're going to bust down my door and take me away for looking up information. And now, how, how much it, do all these people hate China, by the way? They oh, hate yeah. how China's watching everyone. Their evil communist government has an eye on everyone. They've got a social credit program where they give people a score on how good of a communist they are. Yeah. What do you think this is? This is one little step by one little step. That's you gotta you, you gotta be able to look really far ahead and ask if you were going to have the a communist government, here's some fear mongering for you. If you're gonna have a communist government and you're gonna do it step by step, then what steps would you take towards that end goal? What steps would you need to take? Is this a step towards that or a step away from it? You know the answer to that. You know the answer. We don't even need to tell you. So we also got this thing on the, uh, I keep wanting to say the Earn It app. The Earn It it's app. The, it's the Earn It <laughs> act that this yeah. is, right? Yeah. So I didn't pull what website this is from, but uh, this author did a pretty good job uh, naming out 10 reasons this why. Is what, this is what, by the way, is getting voted on in the Judiciary Committee tomorrow. They're having hearings on it. Yeah. And so, again, pay attention. What is happening while all of the hysteria is going on? No one's talking about this stuff. No one. You heard it here. You heard it here first, folks. The Good Morning Liberty podcast. Here it is. Where we tell you the truth. Okay, so this is called... Who done it? The government wants to dramatically weaken your encryption. Here's why it should not. So like I said, this is a, you know, it's an opinion piece, but he lays out 10 really good arguments here. Late last week, reports emerged that once again, senior United States government officials are contemplating seeking legislation that would ban ordinary citizens from using encryption that the government cannot easily check, reviving the battle between the government, which believes that encryption hampers its efforts to monitor <coughs> the communications of terrorists and criminals and technology firms that wish to offer the best security to their users. The new proposal would impact every other every user of WhatsApp and other tools that offer end-to-end -end encryption. That is, that allow users to carry on conversations that are encrypted in such a fashion that the chat service provider itself cannot decrypt them. That's a pretty big point to make right there for just something like WhatsApp. They're so encrypted that even the company can't read them. Well, that's the purpose because yeah. they're, that way there's no back door and the company doesn't they're not caught in a foothold by, you know, government trying to pry them to get the messages and them not having to give it up. And they want to respect their, their patrons privacy rights. Yeah. 
So they're people not, care about that. They're not caught in a stranglehold of, oh, well, do we give in to the government pressure? It's like they, it takes their hands out of the pot. And it's like, oh, we can't give in to your pressure. Knock yeah. on our door all you want. We can't give in because we don't even have I it. I can't. I can't do we it. We don't man. have the data. It's encrypted. And the only person who can decrypt it is the end to end receiver or the sender. And that's it. And that's how it should be. Because it's their information. Yeah. They're just setting up the service for you so to old, exchange the information. Guess who wrote this bill? Oh, you wouldn't believe it. That's what I was saying. Conservative Senator Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham what came a, out here and wrote this bill for you guys. Yep. All right. We got to drop bombs and decrypt every message. <laughs> okay. Number one, there's no evidence that allowing law-abiding private citizens to use encryption actually helps terrorists achieve their aims. If there is such evidence, let the government present it to the public. Show me the evidence. What this is going to do. Show me your evidence. Your evidence. At, at, least, at least as far as the public has been told, we have not experienced terrorist attacks that would have been preventable had the government been able to more easily break the encryption of standard messaging tools. That's the thing we always see is after something happens, they say, well, we can't get into this person's information. It was never that they were watching the person or that they knew it was happening and they couldn't get into it it's after when they're doing their investigation which is what i'm sorry government officials and any type of law enforcement people you realize that they're people who write reports about crimes that happened like that's i'm sorry that's what they mostly and what do. are you going to do about reports. these what are you going to do about these terrorists passing notes in class I don't know. How are you going to intercept those? <laughs> because we never had violence before we had the internet. Right. In fact, it seems that many communications between terrorists are carried out without any encryption. As we've seen clearly after the Paris attacks in 2015, governmental failure to monitor terrorist communications is arising primarily from other deficiencies, such as not quickly enough identifying the right people to monitor, rather than from the inability of law enforcement and intelligence agencies to decrypt encrypted communications. Number two. There are more effective actions to take against terrorists that should come first. Before we ask Americans to surrender privacy in order to gain security, the government should demonstrate that it has acted with competence in all other areas of war against terror and exhausted other means. That's a good point. Like, Great before point. we do this, why don't you show me you can do what you're doing correctly? Yeah. Just do that right first, and then you can contemplate having all of my information do do the thing you're doing correctly as i noted in 2015 when we hear our commander-in-chief telling us how isis is contained days before the organization kills over 100 people in the heart of paris when we barely hear anything from the government when an american student is murdered by a terrorist in the west bank when we hear that the turkish government tried to warn france twice about one of the suspects involved in the paris killings but that the french did not respond until after the attacks we have to wonder if there are other much more significant actions that the government could and should be taking to combat terrorists before it deems it necessary to strip us of our rights this guy's good number three the government has a poor record when it comes to protecting sensitive information. Before it demands access to our data, the government should prove that it will properly protect any information that it collects. Various incidents gave us reason for serious concern in this regard. From the Chelsea Manning WikiLeaks incident that revealed that basic information security strategies were not being applied in various parts of the government, to the hack of the Office of Personnel Management in which the government was not only breached, but in which it initially underreported the amount of data stolen, stolen to the Edward Snowden leak of data from the NSA, to the theft of intelligence agency cyber weapons, to the use of insecure and possibly hacked private email server by the former Secretary of State, for the communicate highly sensitive information, we have good reason to believe that even if the government did not intend to misuse our data, it might inadvertently allow others to do so. 
That's that's a good point too. It's a great point. This, this guy's like, good. Hey, if we give them a back door and they take our information, how are they going to promise to keep it safe? Yeah, because they've demonstrated they can't. Now look at this. Number four, weakening encryption will increase crime. There is no way to weaken encryption so that the government can crack it without also allowing criminals to do the same. To quote Apple CEO Tim Cook, "You can't have a back door that's only good." That's only for the good guys. That's a good quote. Let me <laughs> so, say this again so properly. Apple CEO Tim Cook said, "You can't have a back door that's only good for that's only. Why do I keep saying that? That's only for the good guys. As mentioned above, the government does not have a great record of protecting its own data. Will criminals be able to steal the government's decryption keys and decrypt online banking se- sessions and other sensitive activities?" Could government access allow people to steal private photos and communications between spouses? At David, as David Meltzer, CTO at Tripwire, noted, the same backdoor you create for the government inevitably creates the potential for misuse, abuse, and being exploited by others. And just so you guys know, let me explain that for those of you guys who don't know how this works, and which, by the way, leads me to another potential class we're going to be having because my one of our companies here that we do is we code software. And so I understand the technical side of these things. And, and so we may be doing a basics, uh, a basic coding class yeah. as well coming up in Start the future. SQL here or in a couple months. VB something. Yeah. So you guys can learn yeah. some basic sy- syntax and also understand how this works because as technology keeps growing, you need to understand these basis things. Uh, our good friend of ours, Jason Stapleton on the podcast, Wealth, Power and Influence, he calls it vesting in your human capital. You need to understand these basic things in life so that especially as technology keeps growing, you have to understand how this works. And so what is encryption? What is decryption keys? How does all this work? Well, right now, your standard uh, encryption rate is a like, especially on your laptop or anything like that. It's not you know, just your simple password or something like that. These things, your data that you send. So like the letters that you send, um, the numbers, all of that stuff is encrypted, uh, typically up to a 256 bit encryption key. Now, what does that mean? Well, in computer language, a bit is just the, the mark of memory that a computer uses. And, you know, back in the day you had I can't remember the basics, 24 bit processors and things like that. Very slow computers. But anyway, what happens is, is each, each bit is, can have a cycle of 256 different combinations. And so it makes it nearly impossible to crack. Even if you have a supercomputer, it could take years for it to run through all the key combinations to be able to crack, crack that, that encryption. Now, what to crack that encryption, you have to have a key. Right, you have to understand what the what the sequence should be and how it encrypted that data. Now that encryption comes in as it crosses a server. It comes in from the device that you use. So this end-to-end encryption that's that's taking place is the person who sends the message creates an encryption key or creates that that data is encrypted as it crosses over the networks. And the person who receives that message is the only person that actually has a key generated to unlock that data, to display that data to you in the, in the format that it was sent. Anybody who intercepts that message in between uh, is only going to receive an encrypted message that is impossible to read unless you somehow got lucky and guessed the unless key Unless you get the world's best hacker and he's sent to the supercomputer and can, you know, you right. get, you get, Hugh Jackman then sit there for a few minutes and he can probably crack the code. I'm um, back to a movie Swordfish right now. You right. Check it out. It's a good, good action movie. So now, he could crack it, but basically no one else can. What happens when things are not end-to-end encrypted is what, what happens is you send a message. Like if I send a message to Nate on 
something that's not end to end encrypted, which would be Facebook Messenger. I don't think that's end to end encrypted. WhatsApp is. Anyway, a messaging service that's not end to end encrypted. It is still encrypted. However, it's encrypted till it reaches the server. The server then decrypts the uh, decrypts. <laughs> decrypts is that a word? Yes, <laughs> decrypts. It does. <laughs> it, it it unveils that message, and then it sends it off that message encrypted back to your device. And so the person who owns the server, typically these companies, they'll have that data un, uh, decrypted. Right. And so then you could access it that way. And so how all this works is if they create a backdoor, what these companies, what, what the government wants them to do is they want them to create a backdoor encryption key that if it's sent end to end, as it passes through the servers, they want a separate key that can unlock that data so that they can intercept it and, and decrypt it and have that. And so if you allow those decryption keys to be out there for the government that also opens the door, as Tim Cook said, to the bad guys. They can also get that key and unlock your data as it transmits through the lines. And that's how all of this works in a technical sense. So I hope that helps. I, I hope I didn't confuse, did I confuse you, Nate? I didn't understand a warm word you just that's, said. It's not true. Not one of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to confuse you. I'm just trying to, I don't know, technical stuff can be hard. Um, but in essence, I'm trying to come up with an analogy. Like if I, if I, well, think of the Enigma machine back in the day, right? Yeah. There was an algorithm to the Enigma where, and it changed every single day. So that was their encryption. It changed every single day and a combination of letters per letter uh, and numbers, I believe, but no, it was just letters. A combination of letters per letter is what they would use based on an algorithm. Um, to send encrypted messages back in the day. This is before computer processing. And so the way to crack that is you have to have the key. The people who started that day with the changed encryption with creating the algorithms, they had the key and you needed the key to unlock the message. It works the same way. It works the same way over the internet. You can't just have these data points or you just can't have the data streaming across servers and all that stuff without it being encrypted. Otherwise, anybody can look it up. You could query the database query the server and if it pulls back information that's not encrypted you have all the access right in front of you You can see every single thing that person's sending did you ever watch that movie um <clears throat> the imitation game yes great it's movie a really good movie some a little tidbit little tidbit about a, a, a inside thing about apple and the imitation game which uh, follows a guy named alan turing uh, pretty cool he's kind of known as the person who invented the idea of the computer basically and he was the one who came up with, you know, being able to crack the code during World War II. Of and Enigma. So, yeah, of the Enigma. So it was really cool. Really cool movie. Now, uh, Alan Turing was was gay. And he eventually uh, had to undergo uh, what was the conversion therapy they were, they were doing to him. And he eventually uh, killed himself. He committed suicide. And I didn't know this, but at one of the unveiling of one of the Apple products back in the 80s or 90s, they had a big, big poster of Alan Turing. And, uh, and so Steve Jobs was obviously paying homage to Alan Turing. And I didn't realize how much he was because... It was the unveiling of the Macintosh. Because Alan Turing killed himself. Remember, he was gay. He killed himself by putting cyanide in an apple. And then he took a bite out of the apple. And they found him dead with, a, with an apple that had a bite taken out of it. 
and Apple's original logo was a rainbow-colored apple that had a bite taken out of it. Now, I mean, if that's not cool, I don't know what else is. Because that is such, like, inside homage to Alan Turing that, like, literally the entire logo of Apple was a rainbow-colored apple with a bite taken out of it. Now, it's still an apple with a bite taken out of it. It's not rainbow-colored anymore. But that's so cool. When I found that out, I was like, wow. What? I mean, that's just smart. That's really smart. And it wasn't like big news, like everyone knew what this was. That's just what it, that's just what it was. It's it, a really it cool, so cool way to come up with a company. It is. Yeah. Apple. I, I can't. And you know, think about that. Apple, the name of the company. Alan Turing, the guy who came up with the idea for the computer. And your company is named Apple. Like, that's so cool. Uh, anyway, I just thought that I would tell someone about it's that. It's hard for me to yeah. concentrate because every time I hear the word homage, I just think of Braveheart. Yeah. I can't stop. I've never seen that movie. Oh, it's so good. Never seen it. He's like, I don't pay homage to you. <laughs> I can't handle the accents. I, I pay homage to it. Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's another one for you. Terrorists can easily craft their own encryption applications. Many strong encryption algorithms are not secret. Even if the United States could get every government around the world to mandate that all makers of commercially viable encryption applications include backdoors for government use, terrorists, even those with small budgets, could easily commission the writing of uncrippled software. To quote Lawrence Pitt, Global Security Strategy Director at Juniper Networks, making encryption illegal will prevent the average person from using it. But for anyone who is already involved in illegal activities, it's going to make no difference. The issue of recreating powerful encryption tools when they cannot be legally acquired has been an ignored elephant in the room for quite some time. When I was at NYU in the 1990s, it was illegal to export certain powerful encryption technology overseas. And more than once, I heard a professor warn members of my class not to transport out of the USA code that we were utilizing. But our class consisted primarily of foreign students who were going to eventually return home. Many to countries less friendly with the USA, who, after studying encryption algorithms and code in, it, Amer in the American university, could easily recreate them once they went back home. Yeah. That's kind of this whole idea of like you making learn, guns illegal. Like, learn how to do it on the internet, like, on YouTube. Criminals don't follow laws. How many times do Republicans have to say that criminals don't follow laws? Like, this technology exists. So, only making it illegal for people who follow laws to have to do this? It's not that hard for one of them to get someone who knows how to code software to make their own encryption service. And then guess what? They're only watching the legal ways that people do this. And now they've got a whole they've got a whole black market encryption area that they're just not following anymore because guess what? They solved the problem. So they're just gonna watch this. It's just it's the same idea. It's crazy. I gotta find the guy who wrote this because uh, he's he's really good. Let's see. Uh, next one. Metadata already provides enough information. In most cases, encryption does not stop authorities from obtaining sufficient information about a communication to properly monitor those involved. Metadata, such as the IP addresses or phone numbers of parties communicating, can be used to determine who is communicating with whom and when they are doing so and from where they are doing so. Armed with that information, authorities can get proper warrants that they need to conduct surveillance, etc. Next one, terrorists can hide data in pictures and videos, even without encryption. Even if the government somehow did manage to cripple all end-to-end -end encryption technology, including custom-developed apps, terrorists could still hide their secret communications within pictures and videos using a method known as steganography. For more on steganography and for a chance to win an Amazon gift card, go to this website. <laughs> no, you can find the data that he had years ago in a photo in order to demonstrate the power of steganography. That's one thing people don't realize, like, 
you know when things get sent over the web like there's not a physical photo that's like going up into the sky and then it comes down and it goes back into your phone and the right. photo somehow had room to fit into one of the slots in your phone like that's not what happens it's just a bunch of numbers and letters and stuff that go out into in the space and it recreates and then, and then it on your it device recreates it back by reading those numbers and letters and stuff and recreates it back on your device it's like sound and do you think that sound is actually traveling traveling into your phone or into your computer you think i've got a string attached from our microphones into <laughs> your phone right now no it's getting coded into little numbers and stuff and then it goes into a server and then it recreates it back into a certain frequency of vibrations that have to happen in your earphones right now like that's what happens and they can hide stuff inside of that like you can look inside of people's photos and we can modify it to make ourselves sound better <laughs> we can we modify it like it's not even this sound we can change the sounds to make it sound like all kinds of different stuff there's almost a little glenn beck impression there oh yeah the sound i wish i could have glenn beck's voice that'd <laughs> be nice great voice he's got a really good voice um so th that's the thing built like you can look at photos and you can look at uh location data time data all kinds of stuff inside of a photo file. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where they're telling you they're going to stop a problem. They're going to solve a problem by taking over, making something illegal, something like that. And they're just overlooking all the glaring ways that this is not going to help whatsoever. Uh, criminals don't follow laws. And you can see all this, too. You can uh, reverse engineer, like even photos on Instagram and, and Facebook and stuff like that of all you creepers out there you can go look at like the exact time somebody posted a picture it you know on instagram will say oh this was one hour ago but if you want to know the exact time you go take that photo look well, at the data instagram sitting. you can't save the photo but like on facebook you could take it and say well it, right? i'm saying you don't have to online if you go on your desktop computer it's a lot easier to look at the data behind that picture and it will give you all the information and all the numbers and codes and everything like that if you sift through it you can see like oh this is the exact time that this code was sent to the server and all of that stuff so girls if you want to snoop on where your boyfriend exactly. really was you need to learn how to look at some code open that photo that he posted and see what his location and time actually was yep. on that time now some you of know? that is encrypted like on instagram and stuff but photos that are sent and things like that this is how you get out of catfishing you know people that send you photos and things like that you just reverse engineer where it came from and you can see all that you can see if it came from google you can see where the image actually originated yeah so all um, that information is available. Just a couple more here and then we'll talk about it. Number nine, crippling American software harms American businesses. Foreign companies scared that their data might, may be obtained by the U.S. government or by other parties, including criminals, exploiting the vulnerabilities introduced at the demand of the government will turn to foreign technology providers at the expense of American businesses. So that's the other thing. We're only controlling American companies here. Those are the only people we can control. Okay. So the people around the world that are using the American companies for things like this, well, they might switch to using some companies from, from other places, not China, but from some other places that have uh, more privacy for you. Uh, number 10, it is against the American tradition. The founding fathers of this great nation ratified the bill of rights at a time that our n nascent country was under serious risk of attack. We had just emerged from one war fought on our own soil against a mighty empire that would soon fight another battle on our own turf against the same powerful foe. Yet, despite any danger involved, the people whose vision created America still felt that Americans had fundamental rights to privacy. 
it is hard to imagine that they would have wanted future generations of Americans living in far greater security and during far more peaceful times than they did to abandon such values in the name of security. To quote Dan Tuchler, CMO of Security First, an authoritarian government will always seek to exert control by monitoring its citizens, using the reasoning that safety of citizens is more important than any erosion of their rights. The United States has a long history of mottos such as live free or die, emphasizing the common conviction that the balance should always lean towards freedom of speech. Or freedom in general. Freedom. In that matter. Just that you own like, yourself. Look, there's Just not going to be a perfect society. And, and again, at the beginning, we mentioned this whole Earn It Act is to fight child abuse and child sexual abuse and all of that which is a noble cause like we are against child sexual abuse it's, that's something easy to be against i'll put that in the show notes yeah look i have a three-year-old son i'm against anybody sexually abusing them i will go to prison over that like i am everyone is against that and they're using that as a way to shove in this legislation that what william barr himself is william barr who's the attorney general has said that the that he wants to get rid of end-to-end encryption. And what this bill does, by the way, is it makes companies like Facebook and Apple liable for any information relating to criminal activity of child exploitation, of child sexual abuse, or anything like that. It makes them criminally liable for using their vehicle as a way to transmit these messages and images and videos and things like that. I thought now, we were worried about Facebook and all these companies having all of our data and I know, looking right? at everything. Like you're going to force them to collect every single thing and not even protect it like they have been doing. We got one leak out of Facebook and you know their stock dropped 20% and everyone's so upset with Facebook, canceling their Facebook accounts and everything. And that was with some of the encryption that they're using. Imagine after they get rid of it. Imagine after they put a bunch of backdoors in there so people that are smart enough to work for the government can get into it. Imagine what's going to happen after that. I mean, they're going to self, they'll self-regulate on this when they're open for criminal suits and they'll just remove all of it because they can't, they can't protect everyone. They can't ensure that no one bad is ever going to, is never going to do something bad. They can't do that. And if they're liable for criminal cases, criminal wrongdoing for people using their platforms, they'll remove all the encryption. That's exactly what the government knows they'll do, by the way. They'll yeah, make them criminally they'll liable to. and they'll remove all of it. That way they're not liable anymore. It's, it's not. Otherwise their business ends. Yes. Yeah. So the, uh, this is an article out of Forbes describing it and it says, imagine an internet where the law requires every message sent to be read by government approved scanning software. The privacy and security of all users will suffer if U.S. law enforcement achieves, it, achieves its dream of breaking encryption. So what this law specifically does is it um, it removes the messaging platform's legal exemption for internet speech sent across their networks encapsula encapsulated in Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. As such, if that material is dangerous and illegal, they can be held responsible and potentially legally liable, risking criminal charges and lawsuits. So what they want to do is they want to amend Section 230 of the CDA uh, to say that if any illegal activity is happening on your platforms and you could be held criminally liable. Now, um, civilly liable is fine. No big yeah. deal. You can sue somebody civilly for anything. It's just, you have to prove that that entity was nefarious and allowed that to happen. For instance, if, 
if uh, businesses in Tennessee can exclude people from their constitutional right to carry because it's their private business. However, if something were to happen on that premise, like you got your, your one of your family members was murdered because they weren't legally allowed to carry their firearm in there because the business assumed responsibility for their life and they did not protect that life, then you can sue them for being liable for saying, Hey, if, if my family member was able to carry as they're legally allowed to carry everywhere else on your premise, then their lives could potentially be saved and you can hold that person civilly liable. You can also say that you're at a game and everyone's going through metal detectors and there's a, yeah. there's an inference of security there where you're being kept secure. There's something bad happens there where the security at the door failed and someone's able to bring something in and they are able to, to commit a mass shooting or whatever it is. Then the families could sue because everyone was put through that. Then there's a, a little bit of a, a assurance of safety in doing that. And they could be open for a civil lawsuit at that, but they can't be open for a criminal lawsuit. Like the criminal is open for a criminal lawsuit right. for breaking the law and committing a crime against other people, not the people who unwillingly uh, created the area where it happened. Like that's not who's liable because look, the majority of people use these platforms for normal purposes, for, for legal activity, not illegal activity. But it's like, look, if you think about your house, uh, we were talking about this in the pre-show. I said, Nate, if you happen to murder somebody in my house, how can I be held criminally liable for your actions? I can't be. It's the same thing. Like yeah. Facebook created a platform. They created a house. They invited all the people into their house. They said, we have some rules. Don't break them. If you break them, you're responsible for them. We're not responsible for them unless we somehow like nefariously uh, encouraged it or spent money on it or whatever. Like if we were supporting the people that created their, their doing illegal activity, then yes, you can be held liable. But however, just creating the platform itself, I mean, you could hold anybody liable. You know, it's, it's, it's not. This is terrible legislation. Is, is the government all liable is, for everything bad that happens inside of our inside borders, of our borders? By the way, yeah, because they've told me that I'm going to be kept safe by all they, kinds of stuff. They're building a wall. There's a wall. I'm going to be kept safe. They're doing all this stuff, and if they do everything, they create the police and they create the military and they do all this stuff, and something bad happens, then are people criminally liable at that time? No, the criminals are liable for doing it because you can't guarantee safety to people. You can't do it. You can say that you're going to do everything you can to keep them safe. You can do things that don't encourage people to hurt other people, but you can't guarantee that bad people are never going to do bad things. You just can't do it. Guess what the other thing this bill does that's my favorite thing ever? What's that? It creates an oversight committee. Oh, well, like, then I'm fine with it. Yeah, it creates There's a, an oversight committee. So really these, you know, these companies aren't even going to have to adhere to law, really. It's going to be regulation passed down from unelected bureaucrats, by the way. And it's going to be an office that is led by the attorney general, which right, which right now is William Barr, who has argued end-to-end -end encryption must be broken. That law enforcement must be given access to the data when required. Mm. It's like, no, the answer is no. With all this is happening, by the way, kid, just pay attention to this kind of stuff. And this is this is what we're doing. We're finding the stories that are buried deep, deep, deep 
deep down in old wooden ships. They're being released, but they're not headline news. Why? Because, yeah, coronavirus has killed uh, 50 people in the United States. That's what's top news right now. Not all this stuff they're trying to ram through Congress while nobody's watching. And, you know, things like this is just stripping away our liberty piece by piece by piece by piece. And no one's talking about it. No one's talking about it. Except for us. And, and probably it, a couple other people. It's a it's a shame. It's it is. really is a shame. Well, guys, we're at an hour and eight minutes. Do you feel good on this, Charlie? I do. Sorry okay. for depressing the mood because we had a really good day today. We had a great day. Great and trading day today. Our account went up by 12% today. Uh, our account since starting our trading class on March 4th is up 20% since March 4th. Uh, that's pretty cool. We're doing a $2,000 account challenge showing that you can make money in a small account. And we're going to bring that up to $100,000 by the end of the year off of that $2,000 account challenge. That is our goal, is to bring it up to that. And so far, we're up 20% over the last few weeks. We're going to keep doing that. We're going to keep showing people how to do that in the Liberty Trading Academy, which is mastermytrades.com. We don't just throw you in and say, hey, here's our strategy. This is what we do. Good luck. That's not what we do. We start from the very, very, very basics, like reading a, a candlestick. What's a candlestick? If you're not even, if you've never looked at trading, you don't even know what the heck I'm talking about. Like I've seen candlesticks before; they melt down, and there's a wick, and I, I get it. <laughs> no, the 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 stock, the charts. If you're day trading, if you're a serious trader, you're not going to just look at these lines going up and down. You're going to look at candlesticks. So you got to learn how to read those. You got to learn what volume is. You got to learn what the structure is. You got to learn about support and resistance. And then, after we go through all of these things and we get a really firm grasp on all of this, we start throwing in the strategies. We do live Q&As. We're always available for messaging, for email, all the time. We do one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching sessions. We do all kinds of stuff. We do videos uploaded live in the pre-market every single morning. We do a trade recap at the end of the day to recap the trades that we took every day. There's tons of videos on the website already. New ones being released every single week. One you can of my li literally start from nothing and know not a single thing about trading. And we're going to bring you up to speed on where we're at right now. And we're going to show you how to actually get in and out of these trades. So hopefully you can make, you know, I can't, we can't make a, a guarantee of profits that puts you into a different legal status at that time. But we personally made 12% on our account just today. The entire account went up by 12%. Uh, in a span of, I mean, how long would you say we were in trades today? A, a, an entire amount of maybe 30 minutes? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe that long? Our most profitable trades, we averaged probably 30 seconds. 30 seconds in yeah. a trade. That, that's it. Boom. Up. And so that's what we're working on doing. And it's not just like we're going to tell you where to buy it, where to sell it. We're going to get you to know why, why we're doing this so you can make you have decisions. To understand why. So when we're gone someday, you're no longer, you're not reliant on us to tell you what we're going to do every day. It's going to be actually getting you the knowledge and the know-how to be able to do this. And we're going to show you how we do it and then how you can do it too. So you can go to mastermytrades.com for that. And I know everyone loves this word. So this is, but it's true. This is literally the most comprehensive <laughs> training yeah. on, on trading that there's out there. Training on trading. It's the most comprehensive one. You can't really and find for beginners. the best price. Like beginner stuff is tough to find because you can find people who will show you what their strategy is and how to get in and out of it. But if you don't know anything about trading whatsoever, you're really 
left behind right there trying to figure out all this stuff. So we're trying to build a really strong foundation with the people that are in, that are in our class. Very excited about the amount of people that signed up for the class, by the way. We didn't know what was going to happen. And we have, I mean, in the first, the early birds, we have dozens of people get in and very excited about that. It's not as if we're the biggest podcast that exists out there yet, but we probably will be. We're coming, coming for you. Coming for you, Joe. Yeah. We're coming for you, <laughs> Joe, whoever you are. We're coming for it. But, hey, you can go to mastermytrades.com. You can learn how we did what we did today. We'll show you on days that we lose, too. You're not going to win every single day. You go on YouTube, you can find tons of people that will show you when they make money. They'll, they'll love to put up a video of the day they made money in the stock market. And you go look at their account. You see they've been putting up videos for three months and somehow they've only got nine videos up there of making money. All kinds of other videos about how they do this and what their strategy is. And over the last three months, they showed you nine times where they made money. What do you think happened all the other days? Because let me tell you what, you want to put a video up there when you make money, for sure. It's tough to do a video when you lose money and show people that you were but, wrong about something today. But we do it. We do it. That's what we you do. You see it all. So you can go to mastermytrades.com if you are at all. In, just It's only for people who are interested in taking control of their own lives. So if you're not interested in that, if you would rather watch your 401k dip by just a quick 30% over the last few weeks, I get it. A lot of people would rather do that. And you're completely, <laughs> you're completely allowed to do that, no problem. So only people who are interested in taking control of their own lives and their own future, futures, that's who should go to the class. And it's legitimately free for seven days. Yeah, You have access to everything we have on there for seven days, legitimately, and that's until March 31st. So act now, two weeks. Two weeks. Literally free. You can't beat it. For seven days. For seven days. And then yeah. after that, the price does go up. But, it goes you know, up from zero. Yeah. That's all laid out on the website. So uh, again, go to mastermytrades.com and then also patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. If you love this show, see it live. Ask some questions. Maurice is always in there asking questions. What is just a lot of people that, up guy. that are that have the ability to watch it live by being patrons yeah. of ours. And some people don't take action. You get a very small percentage of people. We'll actually take action on things. And we got this guy, Maurice. We give him shout outs all the time. This is a pure example of people who say they want to do something, say they're going to do something, and they literally put in the time and effort to take action on it. And those are the people that you see rise to the top, by the way. And Maurice, like a lot of other people, is going to be one of the hated, hated, the most hated people in America someday. Because he's actually out there putting in the time and the effort to be the person who rises to the top. So you can work really hard and eventually be the most hated person in America. <laughs> so that's something to look forward to. Everyone else can say, oh, it must be nice. But uh, we got someone like that who's actually putting in the time and the effort every single day. So so join. Yeah. Join Maurice. You know, interact with us. Ask us questions. We answer them live on the show for you. And then it makes the podcast for everyone else to hear. It's awesome. So uh, patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty, mastermytrades.com. That's where you can find all the paid actions for this show <laughs> that we know you guys love so much. And uh, because you do love it, the free things, the very simple free things you can do is share the show with a friend. Tell a friend about it. Tell an enemy. Tell them to go listen to the Good Morning Liberty podcast where you will hear news that no one else is talking about. Things that are important to your life, your liberty, and your pursuit of meaning. Because that's what this life is all about. You have to pursue meaning. 
and you have to protect life and liberty. So if you guys share the show with a friend, leave us a rating and review five stars if you think it's worth it, which it is. So that is five stars on your favorite podcasting app. Leave us a rating and review. If you guys do all of that, we'll be back here again tomorrow. We hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.